Hi, Joe. How are you? <gasps> Hello, my friend. You know what? I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time. I mean, I think the last time we talked was the last time we taped. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels really weird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do you like go through little phases where you're like, I really need to talk to Fiora. I don't know why I need to talk to her. I just need to talk to her. Just be like, yes. Hey, I was like, I haven't, I haven't texted Joe in a while. <laughs> All right. So we'll have to, we'll have to text each other. Are you needing me right now? <laughs> I'll be like, yes. Call me. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> it's just that's, weird. That's why I came up with that whole. I, I started like I was like I got to talk to Joe about this. I got to make a note. Got to make mm -hmm. a note. So I have notes on my phone of things to talk to you. About. Yeah, we have lists. It's very weird developing a friendship, people, with someone that lives in a whole other state that you've never met in person. It's very yeah. weird, but it's kind of cool though too. So it, it is, it has. How, how, so how was your weekend? Oh my God. I, it was the week. I mean, I had the craziest week leading up to the Lionsgate energy uh -huh. on Sunday. So I had a friend in town. Um, and so we had all these things planned and then I had another friend back home, somebody I went to high school with, she passed away and literally oh. like it gutted me. I mean, I yeah. sobbed for like three days and, oh, um, she's, was one of my favorite people, um, just happy and funny and a, you know, completely the opposite of me. She was a staunch Republican, you know, just mm. a Michigan fan. I mean, literally everything that I dislike about people in general, I loved about her. So <laughs> very, very sad. And, um, it was a bummer, but, um, I was able to um, connect with her, um, when I went to Cannon beach on Monday in during a meditation and she cleared some things up. So it, it's oh. good. I'm in a good place now. Um, but Saturday then we went, I went to Seattle for the first time and that was really, oh. it was a great trip. Um, Seattle isn't what I thought it would be. Uh -huh. And I realized that the Seattle that I want to see is not commercial at all. So, um, oh. luckily I live close and can go back. And so there's lots of really cool things we're going to do. Like, um, with, with one of my other friends, we're going to do like a grunge tour and she's going to take me to yes. like, you know, like, um, I think it was Jim, Jimi Hendrix's grave. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and then, um, you know, we're going to go to West Seattle and go onto the Puget Sound with, you know, on the ferry yes. and all these things. So, and it was just a one day or it's not uh -huh. enough time to do all that in one day. So. No, yeah. Uh, I loved Seattle. I can't wait to go back. Oh, okay. So we'll have to go back and do the grunge tour together yes. because I know you'll appreciate it and, mm -hmm. you, you know, you'll really love Laura. Um, but yeah. um, just, just a cool city. But I expected it to be a little bit more like people walking around like – with, with Doc Martens and coffee. <laughs> it just wasn't like that. It wasn't as artsy, although we did go to, um, what's the area that's very LGBTQ friendly. Um, nah, I, I don't know the there. areas. Capitol Hill. Went to Capitol okay. Hill okay. and um, some of the other neighborhoods. So once you get into the little quaint artsy neighborhoods, it's uh -huh. it's like Portland has all these little artsy places. So Oh, yeah. There was, was cool. this bar we we drank at uh that was i think it was in capitol hill um and it's actually built into what used to be a funeral home oh, it used oh, to be a mortuary what? yeah it is so cool yeah. okay so when you when you have a couple drinks in you do your intuitive abilities start to like flare up <laughs> um maybe i mean i remember us sitting there and i was like oh that's where they used to take the bodies into and i'm like just like like mm -hmm. just, just yeah so yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it didn't freak me out. It doesn't. No. It didn't. It doesn't scare me. I guess just because, like, like exactly what you just said. Like, although you had this friend pass, and 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 you have a reaction that's a totally normal human reaction. Yep. But you know that you can still connect with her, yeah. and it gives you this whole different understanding of life and yep. of the other side and death and all that. So. Yeah, it doesn't freak yeah. me out. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it was a very beautiful connection. Um, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was on the beach. We went to Cannon Beach on Monday because Sunday I worked all day doing um, Lionsgate readings for people. And uh-huh. um, so then Monday it was like, okay, well, this is my Sunday. And then, yeah. uh, you know, just it was just beautiful. My friend took a walk, and so I used the opportunity to um, – me- I was just going to meditate. And then all of a sudden, there she was with her beautiful smile. And I'm like, look at you busting in on my, you know, time <laughs> off. <laughs> of course, here you are. But I was really grateful that she popped in. So uh, what about you? What, what sort of week did you have? Well, first of all – okay, do you remember how Erica said that she didn't put mosquitoes in her book because they bit her in the Yucatan? <laughs> God, I, my legs are like flared up right now Mm -hmm. with mosquito bites to the point where they have turned into bruises. Like it is so bad. Like it is so bad right now. I can't take it. And uh, yeah, so I'm struggling with freaking mosquitoes. And every time I think about them, I'm like, you know what? I'm glad Erica left you out of trouble. Right. That's what you get. You assholes. Asshole skeeters. <laughs> uh, but on, was it, I think it was Friday. No, it was Thursday night of last week. I woke up uh, at like 3.30 something, 3 something in the morning. I, don't, I didn't look at my phone. Like I purposely, when I, sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I purposely will not look at my phone because that's just going to make me really wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I tried to just like not. So I was just, uh, just tossing around in bed. And I'm like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. And then I finally looked at the phone and it was 3.33. And I'm like, aha, uh-huh, ah. okay, funny. <laughs> and tried to go back to sleep. Could not. Like I did breathing exercises. I did the the this meditation where you relax like each part of your body starting from your forehead down all the way to your toes. Did that. Still could not. And looked at the clock again, 4.44. And I was like, <gasps> I need to go to sleep. I need to go to sleep. <laughs> oh my god. And then and then and then I think the next day was when you posted about the Lionsgate stuff and I was like, is that what this was? Cuz this was not fun. I don't like being awake. You know, I have work, I have stuff to do. I I have daytime you have shit to do. And you don't want to do it tired or having hot flashes like you're a freaking menopausal 50-year-old which I am. So, you know, I don't appreciate. It. I already been through that. Like those hot flashes are killing me. Yeah. So I had that like the next day, then the next day was like, I could not, my body could not decide whether it was hot or it was cold. And I have this weird thing where if if my feet get cold, I will have a nightmare, like guaranteed nightmare. So if it's cold, I always sleep with socks on, but like right now it's been really hot. So I I don't. And God, it's just one night. I'm like, I, I, take off everything I take off all the sheets and now I'm cold and then put them back on and now I'm sweaty and it's like you know I'm not happy about this no yeah there's it's and are you guys gonna have um you guys going through a hot a heat wave as well still yeah yeah it's supposed to be in triple 
triple digits. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Today, tomorrow, the next day. Um, well, the next four days is going to be in like the hundreds here. The hundreds. That's <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Ugh, I just, this weather, it's been the most perfect summer, but my God, there's you too much those, perfect. It's the, you get those little spikes of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what else, what else is good? You know, I'm, um, I'm reading a new book called bringing your soul to light and it's all about past lives and life between life. And so, um, there's some really amazing, um, sort of profound, um, insight in here. It's by Dr. Mm -hmm. Linda Backman and she's a licensed psychologist and, um, a past life regression therapists. So it's really super good. Really good. Um, I picked this up at, um, one of the local bookstores the other day, just, um, and which was weird. I'm like, why am I picking up this book? I have a thousand on this topic. But, yeah. God. Yeah. Um, boy, it's like, because it's, it's giving me new insight into, um, the same old topic, which is awesome. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Other than that though, that's, that's it. I got, I got, you know, so there were a couple things that were going on on social media over this last week. And I, I didn't want to tag you on anything because I was like, no, I'll just talk to her about it. Because sometimes I feel like, first of all, it's just drama, right? Like it's sometimes it's feeding into drama. And other times I'm like, you know, if I tag her or if I send it to her, now I'm giving this person more gas and I don't want to do that. Um, Interesting. So, okay. So first thing. Um, so without calling out any names, there's this guy. <laughs> There's this guy who wrote this book about um, witchcraft and how it relates to like the American experience, especially those of us who are immigrants, uh, children of immigrants, maybe first generation, and how we relate to witchcraft and religion. And I, I read I read part of the book. The first part of the book resonated really well with me because I was like, oh, yes, this is my experience. But then but then it went on to be like teaching people how to pray the rosary and like veneration to saints and stuff, which is all good and great. Like I'm not shitting on it, but that's not for me. Right. There's a reason why why I stepped away from organized religion in the first place. Right. And it's because I don't like being told what to do. I don't like rules. I don't like... I don't like any of that stuff. So um, I, I, and, and even the term witch or bruja, you know, witch in Spanish, I don't necessarily put it on myself, but I guess if, if loving animals and doing candle veneration and following moon cycles and believing in astrology and all this stuff makes me a witch, then I guess I am a witch. Sure. I, but I, you have a right but, to call yourself and identify with whatever quote unquote yeah. label you want to. So, yeah. So anyway, so the argument stemmed from, uh, I don't really know what his original post was, but anyway, but my friend who she's, she's a witch and, but she is huge about decolonizing witchcraft mm -hmm. because she wants to remove the, the religious aspect out of that, out of that craft, because she very much believes. And I agree with her that it's, uh, it's very much a very personal practice and, and it should be what it is, what it, what it means best to you. Yep. I can see both sides of their arguments. Like I can see both sides of, of where they're coming from. Um, 
for the religious side of it, I understand that a lot of people, it's really hard to let that go. Yeah. Like it's where it's our upbringing. It's our family. It's, it's what we know. It's what we feel comfort with. So it's hard to let that go. I I get that. Um, So maybe moving into doing more things that are considered witchy are easier if they come from that perspective for some people. But then on her, on the other side, this, this idea of understanding that, that religion and governance was the way that colonizers came and took over our ancestral lands. hundred percent. And how they overpowered our people and how they took away our power and, and saying fuck off to all of that. Yep. Like I get that as well. Yep. So the point, but, but but the point of the thing was, and what really ticked me off was because I think at the end of the day, they they can disagree. People can disagree. We can say, okay, you know what? We're not going to see eye to eye on this. She's huge on decolonizing, and he clearly has a lot of internalized whiteness or colonization and stuff that he still needs to work through if he wants to, if he doesn't want to or whatever. It's not, maybe it's not his thing, whatever. And, and they can part ways and call it a day. But the problem came from this was that people came in and attacked her and then, and then he took down all the posts and then he took to saying like, well, for those of you who have saw what was going on, blah, blah, blah. I just really want to focus on mental health, which oh was a fucking God bullshit fucking backhanded fucking way of calling her crazy yep yep because yep. she disagreed and i was so mad joe i was so mad did were your were you balling your fists <laughs> <laughs> yes because okay because like i said you can you can disagree but but then the, the other thing that, that irritates me about that as well is like He's trying to come off as like, oh, I'm like taking the higher road and I'm going to be the bigger person. Like, let's focus on mental health and let's blah, blah, you know, let's do this. And But telling someone to go focus on their mental health in that way after you've just had an argument with them or a discussion with them and where you disagreed is just a backhanded way of calling them crazy. It, it absolutely you- is. He's not a doctor. No. He's not a therapist. You can't diagnose people with mental health issues. Did um w- did she have a response to that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's she's had several responses and we've since like I I know I definitely unfollowed I unfollowed his account cuz I yeah. just I'm not I'm not doing that. I'm not getting involved with that or I'm also again not going to gas anyone up for for that kind of stuff, which is why some people will know who he is and others will not. And you know what? It's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So that was that was the thing. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, honestly, you know, it's often it's hard also not to tag people because you're like, I, I need I need my like minded mindset people, you know, to like, like and support me and all that stuff. So that's really hard. But, you know, something like that, when you come up against what I call um, just sort of, um, you know, that whole blind patriarchy. Oh, yeah. 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 It's well, it's indoctrination to to an idea. Uh huh. Yep. When you come up with up against that, it's really it's difficult. And so, um, you know, it, it 
Un, yeah, you did. You did. You did what I would have done, which is um, un, like unfollow. Um, but yeah. then I like to stick around to see to see is anybody else going to come in and like really like make a comment that I can be like, yes, this is exactly yeah. what I meant to say. But you know. yeah, make make a valid point, and and then you and then you heart the comment that you. <laughs> but you know, too. I mean, seriously, they um, he probably had you know, how many of his followers, like probably thousands that were there to like, be like, he's awesome. You leave him alone. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. little bitch. I'm sure. <laughs> so the, here's another thing that happened or that I noticed. And I think it's, re- this was really important for, for us to bring up. So I've noticed there's been a few, I come up to, uh, upon them sometimes on Instagram, a lot of times on TikTok, and it'll just be people who are like channeling something and then say like, I, I had this, this channel come in, or I had this thing come in or whatever, this message come in this morning. And it was saying how basically ap- apocalyptic shit saying like, oh, like we're headed towards this blah, blah, blah. And we're headed towards this bad time and all this is like real negative, heavy right. Fear-based, fear-based, stuff. fear-based nonsense yeah. is what I call it. Yeah. So, so somebody pointed out um, on kind of the other side of, of it, talking about how people need to be careful that they're not channeling, or if they are channeling, polarized beings with an agenda to spread fear. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, it. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna comment on that yet. Keep going. So what he what he was saying was that when someone is keeps getting these transmissions or these channels of information that are essentially messages of fear, that that person who's bring you know uh, taking in this message needs to question who who are you? Who is this being? Who are you channeling? What is your point? What is the point of this? What is the point of this message? Because all you're doing is you're spreading fear. Right. Right. Um, well, I mean, first off, is the channel real? Do you know what I mean? Is the being that they're channeling real or is it their own ego? Is it, you know what I mean? I mean, but then mm-hmm. there are lower beings, lower energy beings. And I would assume that they would have the same ability to, um, you know, induce channels just like those mm-hmm. higher level beings do. So um, who's to say? I don't know. That's not my experience. So I don't know. But whenever I hear something like that, I keep scrolling. I roll my eyes. <laughs> the yeah. seven in me is like preposterous, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I roll my eyes and keep going and it's not a vibrational match to me. So I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If people want, um, are in that fear-based ideology, um, when mm-hmm. it comes to spirituality and messages and stuff, I mean, there's the only, the only thing they can do is work their way out of it. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, we we kind of touch on that in today's topic, but it is what it is. And it's, it's too bad that that's out there because, um, one of the, the things within the whole dark night of the soul phase um, mm-hmm. is realizing that you're, wow, you're really living fear-based in almost every area of your life. And if you are, you're going to resonate with that shit. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. on one hand, it's like, yeah, this is bullshit. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, I'm so sorry that you are there, that you take that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Y- you don't, right? You're like, mm. <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I see it. I'm just like, really? Mm-hmm. Do you really believe that? I'm like, oh, just whatever. Yeah. What do you do you? <laughs> just make a noise like, <laughs> and keep <laughs> really dismiss it. Like, ugh. Anyway, um, but yeah. All right. Um, 
do we have any um, announcements? I mean, uh, just uh, Journey the Wild is still open for registration. And again, all the details are on our website. Oh, I want to talk about something really quick about okay. this is relating to Journey the Wild. Two nights ago, I had the most beautiful experience with with Hape, with Rape. <gasps> it was like just freaking magical. I can't Aww. even explain it. It was, I, I think it was like, I guess what a Kundalini awakening feels like because it was just, I felt like my root chakra just light up and then just all the energy just flow up through that's my That's a Kundalini. That is yes. a Kundalini. Yay. Yes. That's so beautiful. Yes. So I say this relates to our, to the retreat because I will be administering rapé during the retreat. So yeah. yes. A couple times. Yes. 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just to break this down, um, we have three, um, we have Friday, that's the opening ceremony and we're doing two plant medicines that night or just one? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because yep. we'll be doing cacao and rapé. And then Saturday we're doing rapé again and then um, the Mushroom. microdose yep, mm -hmm. of, of mushrooms. And then Sunday rapé or rapé? Sunday Sunday would be the meditation in the morning and meditation probably with Rappe. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, because that is a um, um, Amazonian tobacco. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. See, I'm learning here. Um, <laughs> so that's, it, you know, that's sort of what you guys can expect if you sign up for this um, amazing um, weekend. So we'll, we'll talk more about that. I'm excited. Yeah. Yes. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the dark night of the soul. Oh, I'm so excited for this. It's And it's an important conversation. Um, yeah. And so um, I'm glad that I was inspired. Sort of, I think that was my spirit guides that are like, hey, you should talk about this. <laughs> um, because I think a lot of people experience it and, it and, you know, hearing about it kind of freaks them out. So I yes. just wanted to break it down into the most basic form. This is what it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... The Dark Night of the Soul, um, just to give you a little history, it's a concept that has been discussed for you know a long time, thousands of years, and uh -huh. it's typically associated with a poem written by St. John of the Cross, okay? Okay. And he was a Spanish mystic, he was a okay. Catholic saint, and he was a priest, and he was known for his spiritual writings. The dude had everything, that, he had all sorts of shit going on, um, hmm. and in this writing, um, he references a sort of spiritual depression that many people go through in order to wake up or awaken or become woke. Um, mm -hmm. He writes, although this happy night brings darkness to the spirit, it does so only to give it light in everything. And that, although it humbles it and makes it miserable, it does so only to exalt it and raise it up. Hmm. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. <clears throat> he, he speaks in those weird, you know, in that old school way. And I'm like, oh, I could not read a whole book on him. But um, I did pick out um, another quote that I read at the end. And it's, it's, it's very beautiful what he says. Mm -hmm. All right. So the dark night of the soul, it can last as long as it needs to, right? It's not just one night. Um, mm -hmm. It lasts longer than, than one night. But if you think of it like a cocoon phase from which you emerge with a transformed state of consciousness, then that's what the dark night of the soul is. 
Okay. It also is a period of your life that can be extremely difficult. It can be an extremely difficult chapter that comes in one of two ways. So how are you going to experience your dark night? Okay. You can experience it mentally um, due to what I call like a catalytic life circumstance. A lot of times that comes up in my Akashic readings. Um, for example, the death of a loved one or the ending of a relationship or the diagnosis of a life-threatening illness, um, some other life-altering event, okay? okay? That's the first way that you would experience it, which is mentally. You mm -hmm. can also experience it for no obvious reason. And some people, um, it's like they know they should be happy, but they just find themselves extremely dissatisfied with their life. Um, maybe they are depressed or they're just generally unhappy, but it's in like this sort of rock bottom way where they're mm -hmm. like, what the what? fuck? How did I get here? Yeah. Um, you know, and they just begin to look at all their life that just, it's just not what they hoped to be at mm -hmm. that certain point. Did you, have you experienced a dark night at all? Several. So Several. I know just when you mentioned like when you lose a loved one, I know when my when my dad died because my dad died very suddenly in an accident. Yeah. Um, and so my dad was a person where like he was very um, a very faithful person yeah. where he he always carried his saints with him. He always had something, you know, in his car, like in protection. He wore, you know, he wore like protection ambulance and stuff and all this. And, it, and so it really made me question, like, how how could this happen to such a good person? Aww, yeah. And, you know, and all that. And it really made me question the idea of God and and just all of that. Yeah. And. And if anything, it really drew it drew me away from the church. Not that I was really like inclined to be close to it in the first place, but I know some people in that in those times they lean in more to their faith. For me, it just pu pushed me away. away from it even more. Yeah. yeah, I remember being in in church for his the, for the wake. I was in church for the wake, and. I'm remembering how much I hate church and how mm -hmm. boring it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, it's my dad's funeral and I'm crying yeah. and I'm sad. But also this fucking sermon is the worst. Like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I felt that at my uncle's too. I was like, he would hate this. This He would think this is the worst. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I yeah, I've had that. And then also the the relationship things. And also the last one you said where you said your your life is great. On, or your right. life is great on paper, yep. but for some reason, there's this tug at your heart where you're just like, but I'm just not right. happy. Right, yeah. right. So I experienced my dark night phase due to a little bit of both of those, um, mm -hmm. which is, is normal too. I went through a really painful breakup, um, which was the catalyst for bringing my attention to all of the other areas of my life that were incredibly disappointing and certainly not where I'd hoped to be at that age. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, as a result, uh, it was a really low and lonely point of my life. But you know what? In hindsight, it was exactly what I needed uh, in order to get my shit together. And that's that's what I looked at it. Like it was the universe saying, okay, get your shit together, right? Because you're not going to keep, you don't want to keep experiencing this. Now, yeah. not everyone's higher self is as um, emotionless and uncaring as my Capricorn higher self is. <laughs> <laughs> but I respond to that sort of, you know, kick in the ass Tough rather love. than, uh -huh. right, right? The whole, <laughs> oh, let me hug you. No, fuck off. Don't touch me. Don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Um, so 
most people who've gone through that dark night of the soul, um, they realize they had to go through their dark night. There was simply no other way. Um, it, what it does is it helps you objectively if you look at it in the right terms. And this is really what I wanted to talk to, why I want to talk about this topic. So people can start looking at these events in their life, not as the universe sort of punishing them, but look at them in through a more objective eyes um, yeah. and see the, the life if the life that you have created to help you realize, you know, how deeply you no longer want any of it or some of it or a portion of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's often um, necessary in order to get to the point where it's time to do something about it. So mm -hmm. one of the things that has been so obvious through the, the dark night of the soul, which really honestly it can it, it's very similar to the process of awakening it's just that really intense phase is what's called the dark night of the soul mm -hmm. um but the human journey from maybe to you know full acceptance it can take a number of years but not but um, not all of it's bad and depending on how your dark night is triggered um you know you can experience a, a tons of different things, you know, as your awareness transforms. So I have a lot, but I'm not going to, I'm only going to touch on about six of them um, okay. in this episode, but I will post the entire list on the socials. Um, so okay. you guys can see, our listeners can see all of it. So um, this, these are the type of experiences that you might be um, taking part in if you are in the throes um, of a dark night of the soul. Okay. Or what it might feel like. So the first thing is, is that you begin to want to connect with others at deeper levels for more authentic relationships. You just realize that your relationships are, are unsatisfying and that superficial connections, they really, honestly, for me, they feel exhausting. I hate small talk and I hate people. I don't, I don't hate people. I hate um, having to engage people that I don't feel any sort of connection with. It's It exhausts. Yes. Um, and then you also start to identify those people in your life who take and drain and overwhelm without giving back. So that's a really good clue that you're experiencing um, what I call um, the dark night. Now, as a result of that, your relationships and people might fall away. Now, that's called the culling period. Okay, so in science, culling is the process of eradication in order to prevent contamination. So it's similar. It's a very similar process. Oh. So, yes. So you can think of this culling as your higher self or the universe. It's sort of giving you the space to awaken and go through this without the influence of those who aren't on the same path. And, wow. you know, basically that's why this period can feel a little lonely. It can actually feel really lonely, but mm -hmm. you know, you have to understand that it's temporary and the process of awakening or this calling period, it actually brings members of your soul family to into your life. And those are the most authentic connections that you can have. So, you know, you might think like for me, I was, I, I belong to a very large friend group. We'd known each other and been connected since like, you know, school, like kindergarten, like first uh -huh. grade, seriously. Like, wow. and, um, you know, 90% of them, I just, you know, there was no contact with, and it was very lonely and very sad. And I felt like, but all of them that I really, truly cared about are back into my life again. Mm -hmm. So the rest of them are not, and I don't really care now. I mean, it's not that I don't, I'm like, you know what I mean? It just didn't matter. It just, no, it's, no. no, but it's yeah. like, I wish them well, but I just don't wish them in my life. All right. So, um, 
the next thing that happens is that you begin to resonate more with like spiritual ideologies, right? That old fear-based system. This is what we were talking about earlier. That old mm-hmm. fear-based system of religion in which you pray for mercy it just doesn't cut it anymore. You yeah. know, um, you become interested in learning more how to master your own mind and develop that inner power and find your purpose and all of those things. Um, You also begin to notice sort of intuitive nudges that it's time to stop running away from your challenges and fears. And you begin to sort of feel that importance of learning to work through the emotions attached to those fears. So, um, you know, that's where sort of like, uh, um, you know, shadow work comes in. Yeah. You also begin to discover your inner child and start to, you begin to learn what that inner child didn't receive and then learn how to start giving that that it needs. And then one of the final things that you realize as you start moving out of this dark phase is that, um, you know, in order to fully step into the person that you are meant to be, that you want to be, you really need to commit to this, um, Mm -hmm. commit to healing and transformation. And those are the people that engage in shadow work and find, you know, therapy and really become self-aware. So, yeah. So I, last year, part of my journey that I had was writing in my blog about my life. Yeah. And that it was really therapeutic and pretty cathartic just to it, it was a lot of those it was connecting with the inner child remembering a lot of stories from my childhood and how they've affected me or shaped me or all of that yeah that's that's interesting yeah. yeah um well shadow work is a huge part of helping you sort of navigate that dark night but there are a lot of things that you can do uh, every day that are things to do in the moment uh-huh. um to help you through this sort of dark night energy And again, there's a lot of them. And so I'm going to touch on a couple of them and then I'll post the entire list on the socials. So the first thing that you want to do is just withdraw and go inward, right? That's that culling period. Let that culling period do its work. So go inward. For me, my culling period lasted before I started my business. So the, since 2016, there's been a lot with COVID, you know, a lot of isolation. Huh. And uh, one of the reasons I'm tired of it, right? Like I need people, yeah. I need all that. So the dark night of the soul is sort of about solitude and going inside your own head. You can't okay. heal and move forward with the same influences and people and circumstances that sort of created your current situation. So the solitude is about getting to know yourself in ways that you hadn't before. Meditation, self-awareness, all that stuff. So that's a good thing. So embrace Mm -hmm. that solitude. Yeah. This was is this one was really helpful for me is to ground yourself in nature by earthing or walking barefoot. Yeah. Um, As a Capricorn, I'm an earth sign. And so that was super helpful. But also um, it's about um, because the body is composed primarily of water and minerals. And so what happens because we're such a great conductor of electricity, we come into, when we come into contact with the earth, like our feet on the soil or our bodies on the grass or our fingers in the sand, the electrons on the earth's surface, they're absorbed by our bodies. And that helps travel, sort of clear our chakras and sort of reinvigorate us. So that's why it feels so good when you go to the beach. Um, you know, it oh. feels so good. 
because of those electrons. Um, I recommend that people seek knowledge, right? When you're going through this process, read books and articles and listen to podcasts, esoteric podcasts, watch (laughs) YouTube videos and browse the web and seek out a mentor or a teacher. Like pursue every single topic that interests you and learn as much as you want to. Like that is important because that is another reason that you have gone through the culling period is to give yourself the space to seek. Seekers mm-hmm. are typically independent um, or the process of seeking is typically independent and solo. So take advantage of that. Follow every single thing that interests you because you never know which one is going to ignite your, ignite your soul and align you with your soul blueprint. You know, I had no idea in numerology. I'd never had any mm. interest in numerology. Right. Um, but then once I found it, it was this whole new thing. So, and then the last tip that I'm going to talk about is to seek counsel. Um, you know, if any of these experiences, um, your dark night has caused you to feel depressed or otherwise um, mentally and emotionally unwell, you guys seek a counselor specifically one who incorporates spirituality. There is absolutely nothing wrong with seeking therapy. I've been through therapy um, off and on since my 20s. It's a wonderful way to be able to be heard um, and to get some insight into what you're going through and you yeah. know, find out your shit. Um, it's a beautiful gift to give yourself and the message that you are worth giving a fuck about. Like that's what therapy is to me. Like yeah. you say, you know what? I'm fucking worth it. So I'm going to do it. Um, and also here's the cool part. The number of clinical therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists um, who blend clinical and spiritual modalities is on the rise and it's becoming a lot more mainstream every day. Um, so ask any potential caregiver if they're open to this sort of treatment plan and if they incorporate spiritual concepts, even better. Um, yeah. You know, the more difficult parts of this journey can be tough. Um, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But the universe only presents us with the same challenges um, over and over until we learn to overcome them. So do it once and you'll never see it in the same form. That's very true. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what about you? What what helped you through your, your dark night? Oh, I've done a so I I did go to therapy. Therapy helps a lot. And I, that's one actually one of the things I wanted to mention because I went to therapy at different times in my life. Like when my dad passed, I felt like it was really important for me to go through therapy. And it was helpful because that was in a group setting. It was grief counseling in a group setting uh, and just hearing other people's stories about that relation, you know, uh, that helps and knowing that you're not alone really because that's how you feel. You feel so alone in your pain. Um, But then there were other times when I went to therapy where I felt like I'd go in there and I just felt re-traumatized. Yeah. I'd go in there and I just like, okay, I'm going to tell you why I'm here. And then I'd tell the story, but then I'd feel like, okay, now I just told you. And now I just feel like I'm sad here again, mm-hmm. but I, there's nothing good coming out of this. What is this? And so I did that. I actually did that with two different therapists at two different times. So by the time I went to the third one, I like from the get-go, I, I was like, look, I have done therapy before and I feel like it doesn't work for me because of X, Y, Z. And I told her exactly what had happened, my, my experiences were. And she's, and so she made it a point to not give me that experience again. Nice. Uh, so I will say if you've tried therapy before and it did, you felt like it didn't work for you, 
try with a different therapist yeah. and also let them know your past experiences and maybe why it didn't work for you or why it didn't help you or, or whatever it was, but just talk to them and let them know what your expectations are or, or, or how they can help you. Yeah. Um, because she, she was a great therapist and she helped me a lot. And I will say the best thing that she taught me, which I love to share with everyone. I will share, I share it in shadow work classes. Cause when I teach shadow work classes, I'll tell, I tell everyone it is, Shadow work does not replace therapy. No. However, it it helps. It can yes. only help. That's it. It can't hurt you. Just like just like therapy can't necessarily hurt you. And when done in conjunction, it's very, very, very effective. Yeah. So my biggest lesson that I learned from therapy was you are not responsible for anyone else's thoughts, feelings, or actions. Right. That's their shit. Yep. yep. And just understand that when she said that I was like I gotta write that down right <laughs> I'm gonna tweet this hold on therapist I need to get my phone um well it, you know it's um it goes hand in hand with being an empath too because empaths the reason that empaths struggle is because not only do you think you're responsible but you're also feeling the emotions of the other oh, person yeah. as they're experiencing them so you're feeling their anger their resentment their sadness but then your brain is also saying i should be less mean or i should and yes. you know, your higher self is like no it's hard it's hard when you can feel what the the pain you know you're causing you're quote unquote inflicting unless yes that when it's not deliberate when it's yeah. deliberate it's like uh -huh. <laughs> oh no that's a capricorn thing <laughs> uh all right. yeah wonderful. So, so you had some good you had a good support system to get through yours i I did. And I've been through a few. The other one that and that I that I talk about that I've talked about a lot was when I decided to take responsibility over my my fitness and my body. Yeah, because um, that was when I was like around I was like maybe 25, 26, I think. And I had recently had a baby and I was at the highest weight I'd ever I'd ever been at and I just felt awful about myself and that wasn't enough it was then something else that happened that like really just pulled the rug out from under me where I was like you know what fuck this I need to take care of myself and it was that and it was just that it was me taking responsibility over myself over my happiness over my well-being over my my appearance, just everything, just mm -hmm. taking responsibility and owning it and doing something about it because yes, no one else shit. can do. Yeah. No one else can do it for you. Nope. It's just you. It's yes. just you and your body. It is. And the body is also connected to the spirit. So yeah. ask your higher self for help. Like that time when you said that you asked your body, please stop making me crave the things and right. then give me good mm -hmm. things to crave. That was yeah. a game changer for me. And now it's my body's like, if I eat something that, that it knows that I know that it doesn't, then my body's like, see, you're a dumbass, and <laughs> you, you're on your own now. Uh, <laughs> we tried. <laughs> Your scary guys are out there like, well, we tried, whatever. <laughs> Tough love. Tough love. Okay. Well, deal with the shits or whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah, taking responsibility is important. So, you know, that really ties into sort of the last sort of blurb I have here, which is, 
you know, keep your focus on transformation during this dark night of the soul. Keep your goals fresh, be tenacious in developing that self-awareness and just keep doing those things over and over and over and over. And listen, I promise you, I don't, I can't make a lot of promises in anything. Um, but I promise you, you will reach a point in your journey where life starts to feel a hell of a lot easier and you start seeing the, the results of just more joy and abundance and prosperity. And because that's the whole point of being, uh, you know, going through the awakening process is to get yeah. to that point. Um, so with all of that said, the last thing that I have is another quote from the dark night of the soul by, um, St. John of the Cross. And he says, to wrap it all up, he says, and thus it is fitting that if the understanding is to be united with that light and become divine in a state of perfection, it should first of all be purged and annihilated. The habit which the soul has long since formed and the divine light and illumination will then take its place. So, yeah, he's saying that, you know, in order to become, to, to embrace that perfection, you have to first like purge and annihilate all the shit, um, that all that you have created, right? All of your limiting beliefs, all of your, um, shadow basically, so that the divine light and illumination will then take its place. Yeah. It's beautiful. Okay. Thank you. Um, St. John of the cross. We appreciate you. Um, so long ago, I don't even know like what, when that was written or whatever. So um, I didn't do my due diligence when it comes to the actual history, but um, obviously a long time ago, it was, it was long, very flourishy mm -hmm, <laughs> flowery language that nobody can understand and have to read like four times. What yeah. the fuck is he saying? <laughs> and then he's, like, oh. he's, <laughs> oh, he's the beautiful. original Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he's Eckhart Tolle. Probably find the most, Terrible writer, but way back in the day that was flowery. And it's like he was reincarnated as Eckhart Tolle. He did not learn his lesson. Oh, God. And, and there was a book I saw, um, and it was like verses of Tolle or something like that. And I, I started to reach for it. And I'm like, no, did, did I not learn my lesson the first time? This dude is terrible to understand. I'm just waiting for the Eckhart Tolle hate mail, by the way. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people out there that love him, but I'm just like, I can't do it. Or him, or to send us an email, cease and desist. <laughs> tell, us, tell us to quit fucking talking about him. <laughs> well, quit writing shit, and we will. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Esoterics, we're on the rise, guys. We are. All right, guys. <laughs> <sighs> all right well we had a little blip with uh spotify last week but that seems to be all fixed for now yes you did great thank you so if you haven't already please leave us a review on apple podcasts and and just a quick reminder tonight so just a quick reminder tonight we are going to have our zoom which is show us your decks so this is where at 530, uh, 5.30 p.m. PST, uh, you come join us live. It's a free Zoom event and bring your favorite tarot deck or Oracle deck or both. And this is great for people, whether you already have a too many deck problem right? or, or you're maybe looking for ideas, maybe you want to purchase some. Um, so this is a great chance for us so we can go in and share and chat and just chill out for a little bit. So yeah. 
you find the link on our on our website and also on the woke akasha group on facebook well technically these live chats have only been for group members only but this one we are going to open up to everybody so yeah we'll put it on all three of our websites so you have it um but this is a friday the 13th woo and a uh, sort of <laughs> event, right? Um, yeah. So you can ask us questions, um, you know, um, anything. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. Bring a, bring a, some coffee, some water, um, a tasty beverage of your choice, and we'll just get silly and have fun. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, thank you guys. Um, so stay mystical, stay magical, and ready to do it again next week when we talk about shamanism. <gasps> Shut up. Yes. So. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited. What will you teach us about this? We'll find out. <laughs> so. All right, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. It was fun talking to you this week. Thank you. Bye-bye.